Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable inviting you to stay with us for a little while, to take time this Sunday, if you're hearing this on Sunday morning when it comes up on our our website, or if you're hearing it after Sunday, we're glad that you have come to our website Glad that you have joined us. We want to thank all of you who have encouraged us with, with words and, and, and have contributed to this ministry. We do not, uh, formally ask for that, but we gladly receive it. Amen. Because it is always needed and necessary for us to continue. Now we've been in gospel ministry. I have been pastor. President Director of the Holy Church of God Incorporated, affiliate with Independent Assemblies of God International, in good standing since 1974. If you do the math, we're about 48 years into this ministry. And God has kept us and God has blessed us. And I, I, I can't say my body is not feeling the age and, and the wear and the tear of many spiritual battles that we have had to fight but but thank God for his grace thank God for his mercy thank God for his unfailing love amen amen I like Psalm 124 when when the the psalmist says it except it had been for the Lord who was on our side Our enemies had swallowed us up quickly (laughs) if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side. Amen. And then he said, let all Israel say, this is not just my truth and my my uh, testimony. This is the testimony of all of God's covenant children. If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side our side. I'm so glad that God, I'm so glad to be on his side today. Uh, and I'm so glad that he is on my side and your side if you're a Christian today. And if God be for us, the New Testament declares, who can be against us? So there's victory in Jesus today. So we want to bring you a message today that I believe will help explain some things that we're seeing, especially in these last days during the falling away, why it's occurring, and who are these folks that are falling away in a time when we're supposed to be drawing even closer to the Lord as we see His appearing, uh, uh, coming soon. Praise God. All right, let's get into the Word this morning. Thank you once again for being with us. Thank you so much for your encouragement. It just helps us to, to keep on keeping on. Amen. Listen, today I want to talk to you about false Christians, the parable of the wheat and tares. False Christians, the parable of the wheat and tares. Here in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13, verse 24 through 30, uh, this is this is a sad, true reality uh, that there are many people professing Christ that do not truly possess Christ. This is an important message because a lot of people are saying, I heard a pastor say this one time, someone said, if pastor, he invited in the church and said, preacher, I would come to church if there wasn't so many hypocrites. He said, oh, come on, one more won't hurt. He, he said that, you know, facetiously, he said it tongue in cheek, but it's a sad 
commentary on the fact that there are many in congregations throughout the land that have never truly met Christ and and made him the Lord of their life. I'm going to go on record here, maybe controversial. I'm, I'm known for it. It's no big deal. Truth is always controversial, and we like to back up everything we say with the word of the living God from the Bible. It is still our road map down in this very, very dangerous world that we are living in today. Amen. I do not believe in salvation without changing masters. I don't believe you can serve two masters. You know why? Because Jesus said, you cannot serve two masters, for you will love one and hate the other. You will hate one and love the other. See, there is no middle ground. There is no wiggle room in the word of God. And that's why we need to really, uh, really understand the fact that the enemy wants many, many, many in the church. That is the organization or the building or the denomination to misrepresent what it is to truly be a Christian and truly followed. I'm not talking about sinless perfection. I'm not talking about legalism. I'm talking about fruit unto righteousness. Amen. There's a vast difference in those that call him Lord and those that truly accept him as their Lord and Savior. Praise God. All right. Let's read this scripture and let's pray that God will give us understanding of this. This, It's not a new phenomenon, but this especially that we're seeing today. Jesus said in Matthew's Gospel 13 and beginning with verse 24, another parable he put unto them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, His enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came unto him and said, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? And he said unto them, An enemy has done this. The servants said to him, Do you want us to go and gather them up? Literally pull them up by the roots. He said, no, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of the harvest, I will say unto the reapers, first gather the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my Amen. God is not going to allow this to go unpunished. It's not unnoticed by him. But he's saying don't focus on those folks that claim something that is not genuine and authentic. Don't focus on them. God is going to take care of that. Believe you me, he's going to take care of that. I I just want to make sure today that I'm part of the wheat. <laughs> when that harvest comes, when Jesus comes and the 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 the, the judgment seat of Christ occurs and the great white throne judgment occurs I want to make sure that I'm on the Lord's side and that he's on my side how about you today you see Jesus told this story to point out that there are people in the church who have infiltrated our ranks 
While there is wheat, there's also tares. We know who is who. Sometimes, but a lot of times, we can't truly tell them apart. A tear looks like wheat until the time for fruit to appear, and there's no fruit. You see, that's the problem that we have. Jesus said this. He said, "He said, listen, he said, make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree evil and its fruit evil. For every tree is known by the fruit it bears and there to, there is fruit unto righteousness we seek to be right with god we want to be right with god we struggle with our weak flesh we struggle with the culture like a current a rip current trying to pull us away from god amen but that's a good struggle god's in it with us and god is for us and the greater one is within us praise god and god wants to help us in our struggles with the flesh with the world and with the devil and there is victory in Jesus but there will always be a struggle won't there amen that's why in order to follow Christ the very first prerequisite is to deny ourselves in order that we might take up our cross which literally means to crucify the flesh and the lust thereof, that we may walk in the Spirit, because you can't follow Jesus without walking in the Spirit. Because we are told in Ephesians that we are to walk even as He walked. Be followers of God as little children and walk in love even as He walked. We can only do that when we are led by and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So this message is to make sure that we are true believers, that we truly, as Christians, are not counterfeits, not hypocrites, not play actors. That's what hypocrite really means. It means an actor who's putting on a persona, uh, putting forth a persona that's not the true person. Tares are false Christians. And I want to point out three characteristics of false Christians. Let's make sure we don't fall into that category today. Number one, they have a desire to be saved from the consequence of sin. It's punishment, but not from sin's power over them. You see, they want that free ticket to heaven that requires absolutely no commitment on their part no no uh, uh, commitment to Christ to the uh, to follow the teachings of scripture they want to be saved of course they do from the consequence of sin they don't want to be lost and go to hell so give me this this false assurance this placebo instead of re- this real salvation They want to be saved from the consequence of sin and its punishment, but not from sin's power over them. 2 Timothy 3, 5 and 7 says, They would have a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. 
For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women. Now, I'm going to say something to you here today. This is not some kind of, of you know, anti-feminist type of language here. It's saying that there were a lot of women following these these influences in that time, but they're silly men also. <laughs> Anyone who listens to the false prophets, anyone who doesn't read their Bible so they can tell the difference, amen, uh, it's, it's like just being silly when we should be very, very serious. These are those who creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lust, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. You see, they have no aversion to sin. They are not convicted enough to repent and seek deliverance. And they reveal clearly to us that those who live undisciplined lives who do their own thing, and when they're doing their own thing, and anyone even even mentions responsibility or accountability, the first defense that tares are going to put up is, don't judge me. Listen, the Bible's already judged that. That's why I'm reading you these characteristics. They have a desire to be saved from the consequence of sin. They might have walked the aisle. They 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 might have uh, embraced the creed. They might have been baptized in water and put on the rolls of the church. But that has nothing to do with whether or not they're truly saved. Amen. Because Jesus said, no man can come to me except the Father draw him. And if the Father draws you, you're going to feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And you're going to do more than sign papers and recite creeds. Amen. This is, this is not a cheap grace. This involves spiritual regeneration. This involves being born again. This involves turning from the darkness and embracing the light. This involves being delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son. Praise God. Salvation is not a light thing. It is not a, a, a little bitty formula and then you, you can just live the rest of your life for the devil uh, in the name of grace. That is not what salvation is in the Bible. And that's why tares are going to be so shocked when they call him Lord. When the scripture said no man can do that except by the Holy Ghost. You can't really call Jesus Lord unless he is truly your Lord and Savior. You can't do it by just going through some religious routine or religious requirement or religious motions today. This form of godliness. Listen. They do their own thing. They set their own standards for life and continue to carry a belief of a form of godliness. Form is mere appearance. It has no relation to reality. It's an outward form. Outward appearance in the, in the, in several translations of this scripture. Outward appearance. They have an outward appearance of godliness. One translation said to make a pretense. Another to maintain a facade. The old Phillips translation. 
A facade is like one of these western towns you see. Uh, the, 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 the inside of the saloon is filmed on a soundstage somewhere in Hollywood, but it looks like it's taking place when they go through the door into it from the old west. That whole town in some situations is just a front, the front of the building. There's no back to the building. That's going to be done somewhere else and it's going to be spliced in. This is a facade. Godliness, however, has to do with the way we live. It impacts changes in our lives. Uh, The word godliness implies it has to do with holiness. It has to do with seeking to live like God Himself. Amen. That doesn't mean divine perfection that God has, but it means to follow His example. And we see his example replicated in our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why in the book of Ephesians it said, Be ye followers of God. And that word is imitator of God. Truly seeking, amen, to live a separated, sanctified life. Holiness is not some kind of super uh, self-righteous attitude. It is simply spiritual wholeness. It's living separate separated unto God in our values, in, in our morals, in, in, in the principles that guide us. It's exchanging that world view for a kingdom view. Praise God. Yet we see in scriptures quoted above that people will fall into a habit of living ungodly lives, yet at the same time continue to hold a form of godliness. A form of godliness doesn't alter the way a person lives. It allows them to do whatever they want to do, to set their own standards, and yet proclaim that it's acceptable to God and is therefore godly, what they believe and do. This is the big deception of religion today. It allows standards that God disapproves of, yet seeks to convince us that it is in fact acceptable. The religious world has no serious convictions about passing their legislation that encourages people to live in direct rebellion to scriptures. We're seeing it now. It has been part and parcel of Satan's strategy against the kingdom of God, against the church of the living God throughout all history. But in the last days, it would burst forth uh, and, and be more intense uh, than it was ever in any other preceding generation. In this last day scripture, perilous times will come, for men shall become. And then it goes on to say, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Amen. Listen to Titus 1.16. It says, they profess that they know God. But in works they deny him, being abominable and disobedient, and to every good work reprobate. You see, every tree is known by the fruit it bears. They not only desire to be saved from the consequence of sin and its punishment, but not from its power over them. They desire Jesus as a priest to pardon sin, but not a king to rule over them. That's why Jesus said in Luke 6, 46, and why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? 
They are forgetful hearers, not doers of the word. They want Jesus to forgive their sin, but reject His right to rule. In effect, His Lordship. They have never bowed, never surrendered their will. They will be swept away by the flood of wickedness and rising tide of rebellion. This is why the falling away occurs. Uh, and these are the people who are going to be caught up in that falling away. Amen. Listen, they will still have a profession even while falling away. But it's an empty profession. It is not a possession. Listen to Luke chapter 6, 47 through 49, Jesus speaking. Whoever cometh unto me and hear my sayings and doeth them, I'll show you who he is like. He's like a man that built a house, dig deep, laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, hallelujah, for it was founded on a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man without a foundation, built an house upon the earth, against the against which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Friend of mine, it's so important that we dig deep and lay our foundation on the solid rock of the faith that is built upon the apostles and the prophets and Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. Listen to Matthew seven twenty one through 23. Not everyone who saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth, here it is. This is not salvation by works. This is the result of true salvation. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name has done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that what? Work iniquity. You see, we can't serve two masters. He that committeth sin in First John, he that committeth sin is of the devil. Now, we've all sinned and come short, and we all, from time to time, if we catch ourselves in a sin of omission or commission, we need to quickly repent of it. And if we're true Christians, we will, because we don't let sin reign in our mortal bodies. We don't allow the enemy to have a foothold and build a stronghold. Amen? There's victory in Jesus for every true child of God. Who are these people drifting away? Amen. Paul talked about that in the New Testament, said they were not of us. For if they were of us, they wouldn't have went out from us. Amen. <laughs> Amen. They, they wouldn't have left the faith. They wouldn't have left the Christian faith. We have Christian leaders today that have sinned. And instead of repenting from their sin and seeking restoration, they have denied the faith itself. And yet they have stood in pulpits. They have led worship. My dear friend, these are tares among the wheat. You say, well, you, you can't judge that. I don't have to. God's word has judged that. If they were of us, <laughs> they wouldn't have went out from us. Amen. They went out from us because they were not 
of us. This is not some little deal we make with God, some little contract we sign. This is a change by the power of God, by the Spirit of God. If any man be in Christ, he didn't just embrace a creed, recite uh, a creed. He didn't just sign a paper. He wasn't just baptized in water. He wasn't just brought into fellowship with an organization or denomination. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. (laughs) Hallelujah. Baptism is representative of that. We go down into the water. We're buried with Christ, the scripture said, and we are raised with him. This is resurrection power released into our life, bringing spiritual regeneration. To, To do what? To walk in the newness of life. Praise God. Amen. I, I, we used to sing that great Christian song, I'm in a new world since the Lord saved me. Old things have passed away. All things have become new today. I'm in a new world since the Lord has saved me. Amen. And we, we used to just about, just about just about shout the roof off <laughs> when we used to sing amen i looked at my hands and they looked new i looked at my feet and they did too <laughs> praise god amen the the old has passed away and the new has come praise god listen i don't want to be part of the many who have this false sense of security number 3 they desire blessing from christ but not a relationship with him. First John chapter one and verse three says, that which we have seen and heard, we declare unto you that ye also have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ. You see, Christ seeks a fellowship relationship with his people. The materialistic church at Laodicea had no interest in communion with him. It was full of tares. They said, we're rich and increased with goods. We have need of nothing. And, and can, this is to a church. This is, this is a worldly church. <laughs> it's, it's almost a contradiction. Vance Havner said, worldly Christian? Worldly Christian? We might as well speak of a heavenly devil as a worldly Christian. He said there is no such thing. See, the wiggle room that so many tares are using today really doesn't exist. You hate one and love the other. You love one and hate the other. Lay up your treasure in heaven where the thief can't steal it and the moth can't corrupt it. For where a man's treasure is, there his heart will be also. And we as Christians have this treasure, the kingdom of God and the king of our soul, the king of our salvation, Jesus Christ, in earthen vessels. Hallelujah. Amen. And where our treasure is, there's where our heart will be. Revelation 3.20 Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, this is the door of the church of Laodicea. I will come in and sup with him and him with me. Listen to John 10, 1 through 5. 
Jesus says, Verily, verily, or surely, surely, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, (laughs) and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. You see, He's not just knocking in the book of Revelation. His, he's calling a man. His sheep would have opened the door when they heard his voice. This resistance to the message of repentance is occurring because there are tares among the wheat. It's the tares. It's the phony Christians that resist and reject the message of repentance. True Christians gladly embrace it. That's why Jesus said to the church of Laodicea, as many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten. Amen. Listen. He said, be zealous, therefore, and repent. Be zealous. Have a zeal for repentance. You see, true Christians embrace the message of repentance. We see it as a necessity from time to time in our life, and we are quick to repent. We don't let the sun go down on our wrath before we get it right with God. We give no place to the devil to get a foothold because if he gets a foothold he'll seek to build a stronghold amen hallelujah listen and when he putteth forth his own sheep and go up before him the sheep follow him and they know his voice and a stranger they will not follow but will flee from him for they know not the voice of strangers Have you ever heard something in the name of the gospel, in the name of Christ, and it just didn't ring right? It just didn't resonate. You know why? Because it's coming from a false teacher, false prophet, false Christian, false pastor. It'll never ring right because it'll never be right with the Word of God. Sheep have a close relationship with a shepherd. They know His voice. And they follow Him. And that's the distinguishing mark of true Christians. They follow their shepherd king. Hallelujah. If any man follow me, amen, let him deny himself. This self-indulgent message today is not the message that Jesus taught it is nothing near, and it's, it's, it's such a, a binding, blinding and binding message because it makes us earth bound when we should be, amen, heaven bound. Glory to God. We should be looking up. Our eyes should be on the prize and our eyes should be on the eastern sky and our eyes should be on the soon coming of Jesus today. Hallelujah. Listen. We're going to see hypocrisy like we've never seen it. It's a last day sign. A form of godliness that denies the real power thereof. But don't be discouraged. And don't let that become our focus today. Let our focus be on being authentic, being genuine, truly following 
our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And they that endure to the end shall be saved. For we are made partakers of Christ if we keep the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. The falling away is here, but we're not falling away. The falling away is going to trap many, many tares, and and they're going to go with the flow. They're going to give in and go with it. But we are not of those who turn back unto perdition. We're of those, the Scripture said, that believe unto the saving of the soul. Oh, preacher, you're saying you're a true Christian. I'm saying I am not perfect. I am imperfect. I'm saying I am not in any sense of the word sinlessly perfect. But I'm telling you right now, sin does not reign. And Satan is not my master. And Jesus is my Lord. I struggle with my flesh. I struggle to obey him because of my weak flesh. But I don't struggle with my desire to please him and obey him. Because when I came to Christ, I change masters, and I know his voice, and the Lord is my shepherd. Hallelujah. I shall not want for whatever I need. Amen. The grace sufficient, the power to overcome. Amen. The answered prayer that would deliver me from the from the hand of the hand of the enemy. Praise God, the armor that I might fight and win spiritual battles. Glory be to God. Everything that pertains to life and godliness, He has given us in Jesus Christ today. So Christian, I want to encourage you today, amen, to continue to fight the good fight of faith. Continue to follow Jesus no matter what the consequences And find the sufficiency of His grace. Find His favor. And see that if God be for us, (laughs) who can be against us and ultimately prevail? We have lost some ground in terms of the statistics of going to church and, and how many people that go to church really believe like they ought to. But let me remind you again, those that are falling away today, if they were of us, They wouldn't have went out from us. Clearly, they were not of us. Because we are kept by the power of God until the day of salvation. And we're kept by the power and person of the Holy Spirit. And we're kept by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we're kept by our loving, all-powerful Heavenly Father, Praise God. Amen. What more should we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Friend, it's time today to stand firm and stand true. Take courage and look up. Because Jesus is coming soon for his own. We encourage you today. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior... The Bible simply says this, you're not a tear, you're not professing to be a Christ, a Christian. Therefore, you're certainly not a hypocrite today. You know you're not a true Christian. You know you're not a follower of Christ. You know you're living in sin. You know 
that you're separated from God in that sense. But you're not separated from God in His intense love for you and His intense desire to save you. In fact, He's reaching out to you today. Jesus said the well don't need a physician. I didn't come to save the righteous. I come to call the unrighteous sinners like we were, if you're Christian, to repentance. And if you are, to repentance. And He's calling you today to come to Him and truly repent of your sin. Receive Christ as your Lord and your Savior. And if you decide to do that right now, the chains will break. The prison doors will swing open. God will shake that jail. Hallelujah. And set you free to serve Him and to follow Him. And in that love for Him for delivering you, you'll deny yourself. You'll take up your cross. And you will begin to desire to follow Jesus. And He will help you do it every step of the way. Come to Christ just like you are. Come with all your hang-ups, your sins, your fallacies, your faults, your weaknesses. Come with your checkered past and let Him deliver you. Let Him set you free. Let God pardon you and embrace you. And let the Holy Spirit empower you today. And let's follow Jesus and be ready for His coming. In Jesus' name.